What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I wanted to welcome y'all to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. While I have your attention, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen, as well as rate the show. If you're listening on Spotify, they just added a rating system. Let's get them five stars for this show. Also, book is available, merch is available, justmikebrown.com. Also, started a new segment called Ask Me a Question, where you could ask me a question and I'll respond to it on the show. I got a phone line. I got, uh, you know, any way you want to get in touch, let's get in touch. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, What's so funny is we met in a pandemic, but... Like, I feel like I've grown to know you more than, and, and, and like, just, yeah, I've, I've really grown to know you a lot. And yes, sir, I appreciate yes, your friendship so much. Um, but, yeah, shit. We play <laughs> spades together. Yes. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> First time playing spades and we was whooping ass. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Can you let the people know who you are? Uh, my name is Andre Damian Kelly. Uh, let's see. What do you want to know? I'm 37 as of March 1st, what, two weeks ago? Oh, wow. Happy belated. That means I'm a Pisces, just yep. for all those people who are curious. Um, I'm a vocalist, I'm a creative. I work in corporate America, you know, all around Renaissance guy, I guess. <laughs> That's what's up, man. How are you feeling today? Feeling good. My spirits are good. I'm happy to be out here and. Uh, at a park, watching people while talking to you, because you know I'm going to be watching people. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why I like to record outside, because uh, I get inspired by everything. I get inspired by the trees, the people, just being outside. Yes. But yeah, man, I wanted to bring you on the show just to just to have a conversation with you, because I feel like when we do talk, we always just really have dope conversations. That we do. Um. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the soulmate thing because uh, <laughs> you said you had lunch with your female soulmate. And that's interesting because people only tie, like most times you only hear people really tie like soulmates to um, like romance, rom- yes. romantic stuff. So could you explain like more what that means? Sure. So like my theory is that we have like four soulmates. Some of them are platonic. Some of them are not. Um, she happens to be a platonic soulmate. I feel like I've traveled through many like lifetimes with her, uh, different iterations. Um, maybe in a past iteration, we were a couple. Yeah. Um, people thought we were a couple just through our friendship. And we were talking about that last night. <laughs> and um, she's, we we're talking about how she's looking for a man that has my qualities Oh, wow. And it's just like, well, we already know if you were straight, <laughs> you and I would be together. But I said, like, no, we wouldn't because I want kids and she doesn't. Mm. But, like, this is a, the type of relationship we have. We, we can fight, get back together. Like, and I, I say fight. We can have disagreements, <laughs> yeah. passionate disagreements and not have an issue at all. Yeah. Do you think, because I feel like sometimes I do that with my friends as well, like, you know, I think about my friends and their qualities and mm-hmm. think that I want that in a partner. But do you think sometimes, like, searching for that can be setting the bar too high or, like, creating a Ooh. fantasy? You know what I mean? Okay, so I'm going to circle back to that because, like, 
I've been also exploring this 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 idea of um, you know as when you're brought up straight, you're told that you know you're looking for a partner that's like the opposite sex parent. So mm-hmm. like if I was a heterosexual male, I'd be thinking for looking at a woman that has the qualities that my mom has. But I've been reversing that because I'm like, am I looking for a partner that has the qualities of my father? And partly that's different because like my mom passed away when I was 11, so like why I knew her, I didn't know her. Like I know my father and observed his characteristics, his, his traits, his habits. Um, but then to bring that full circle to talking about traits that we find in friends, um, I don't know if it's setting yourself up for failure. It's, 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 and I don't want to say it's a standard either. Um, but when you have loyal friends, when mm-hmm. you have trustworthy friends, we have friends that you can like, I fuck with them for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> like she used to always say like, you know, Dre, I know you will take a bullet from me, but you'll probably curse me out for it. Yeah. And, you know, real talk. <laughs> that probably happened. Like, you made me take a bullet for your ass. What the fuck did you get us in this situation? Like, but I'm still going to be there for you. I'm still going to be like, I got you. I'll take this bullet because I know you will take this bullet for me. Yeah. Um, I'm curious because now I'm thinking, you know, when we when we look for somebody like our friends, we look at the the positive traits. But like, mm-hmm. where do we pull those negative ones from, or, or should we even look at them? Of course, yeah. Um, I believe in friendship and 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 um, romantic relationships, parental relationships, um, just relationships in general. Like even in work, and I don't want to think of it like as a negative. But I always think like, what's the worst they can do to me? Yeah, and is that really the worst they can do to me, or is that just me being afraid of being afraid? Yeah. So, like, I think of like, what can you do to me? Like, like, how? What do you know? What would really push a button and like hurt me to the core? And if you were to do so, would I ever get over it? Yeah, I've had those conversations with myself partly because um, I've had friendships in the past that I realized weren't friendships, and I put my trust in the wrong people, and I got mad at myself for saying. Like how, like you allowed yourself to be friends with them. You you allowed yourself to trust them to to be vulnerable enough with them. Yeah. And now, they kind of use that against you, regardless if like, or they betrayed your trust. Yeah. So that that's something that I constantly think of. Yeah. Like I'm not a trusting person, even though people think I'm very trusting. That's funny. Um, why do you think that is? Because I I feel like I hadn't really been a trusting person in my life. But uh, why do you think for you that you weren't very trusting of people? So um, the pivot is because my mom passed away when I was 11 and then that set uh, a series of events of me moving around a lot um, from North Carolina, Orlando, out here. Um, I, I kept people at arm's length and like my biggest fear is being abandoned. Like, yeah. biggest fear. Like, I used to hate going to movies by myself, eating out by myself, going to the bar by myself. And I, in my, like, mid-30s to later 30s, I've been like, okay, let's get over that fear. Let's overcome that. But the fear is still there. Of course, yeah. So, the fear is being abandoned. But then, in a roundabout way, it's related to um, trusting someone enough that... I have to allow myself to be vulnerable enough to trust you, and I don't want that trust to be violated. Yeah. 
That's real. Um, I feel like this conversation is taking me to a conversation we had earlier just about the difficulty in like black gay men having and and listeners if you're listening and you feel like I'm wrong please reach out to me and let me know um you can send an email or you can send me a voicemail because I would love to play it on the show but (laughs) sometimes I feel like it's hard for gay black men to have healthy relationships whether it be a friendship Mm -hmm. or you know a romantic relationship like there's just like this it's like this block does that make sense yeah and i'm curious to know like what are the qualities of a quote-unquote good friend for you or like what what are qualities that you look for admiring friends hmm it's kind of changed over the years um and in some cases i wish i would have like learned these lessons (laughs) earlier because right now the first thing that comes to mind is um and i i did i've always done this but now it's like at the forefront how they treat other people around you Mm. how they interact with other people um because it says a lot about them yeah. Um, the way and, and, and the method of how they communicate. Um, I mean, I, the, you know, the the standard stuff, like you want someone who's loyal, who's trusting. Um, like I said earlier, who has your back. Yeah. But, I mean, that's 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 what you assume, and that's the natural, natural assumption that you would have. But, like, when you're studying a person, when you're observing them, when you're out with someone, like, their mannerisms like do they sometimes pick up the tab do they mm-hmm. hold out the chair for you do they open a door for you are you always the one providing xyz um service or or you know um is there a give and take is there a two-way like do, do you are you allowed to express your emotions freely um because i how i view friendship is chosen family now yeah um because I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah. But, but if I call you friend, then that means I also view you as chosen family. Like, I have a lot of acquaintances. I'm like, oh, that's those, those, those people. But, like, I've gotten to know you. I tr- I've, I've either traveled with you or, like, if I call you friend and chosen family, then I trust that you can come over to my place and, like, I don't have to worry about my place. <laughs> yeah, that's real. I, I agree with that. Would you agree? I for sure do. Um, I think for me, the qualities in, in like, friends for me have been, like, people that have given me space to, like, just show up and just be my full self. I like that. Like what, and, and whatever that looks like at any time, like, if yes. I'm up or if I'm down and, like, giving me the space to be that and... Mm-hmm. Like me giving them the space to be that, and and that's not necessarily saying like, you know, somebody is just letting me just, you know, just unload my life on them. I'm talking about somebody is just like, hey, Mike is here, and he don't feel like talking. Just share space present. together. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, just like people that provide safety, not only to myself to others, you mm-hmm. know, but 
for sure for me people that provide safety and that that could be in many forms you know what i mean like in many forms you know to circle back like (laughs) it's funny you say that like why look for in a friend more so than anything is accountability Mm, like i don't want a yes friend i hate yes friends and because then you're not holding me accountable i'm not holding you accountable and you're just allowing shit to happen like if you see i'm about to get hit by a bus and I don't see it, but you see it. Yeah. Like, your brother, stop. <laughs> now, if I didn't disagree or if I give you some pushback, like, then you go, oh, you're going to have to learn this lesson on your own. Right. Yeah. But, like, what comes with being that type of friend is like, you, you pump me up when I'm doing well, when I'm yeah. excelling. But if I'm in a low space and I'm, I'm fucking up, put that fire underneath my ass. Or if you see I'm depressed, like you said, allow space to happen because, like, you should never invalidate someone's feelings. No, not at all. You should allow them to have spaces have to, to have those feelings, but also be like, "Yo, let's just change it, change the scene, change that, change the environment. Like, let's just move you somewhere else to see if you might that might increase your like like make you happier, or, you know, change your mood." Yeah, like that's the kind of friend I want. Yeah. Who were your greatest teachers in friendship and why? Ooh. Okay. Can you give me some more specifics or is this going to be as, as, um, as, so, as so, open as possible? So when you, yeah, I, I was leaving it open, but when you think of friendship mm-hmm. and where you learned it, like who comes to mind and why? Hmm. Family? A lot, a lot of my family because... My family is huge, and we're we're big and vast all over the country. But like we all, at one point, lived in the same city, and those interactions, watching it, like I first when you first said it, I thought my aunt, my uncle, um, <laughs> my aunt Joyce and my uncle Vince, they had this organic friendship, and you saw it. I mean, granted, it was also romantic, which is also who I kind of model like potential partners after seeing that relationship um with that um my brother um uh, my brother Nelson and it's might it might be a detriment to us cuz we are so such open people but like we're welcoming your we're welcoming to our home yeah. and like it doesn't matter like for Thanksgiving it'll be like 40 people but like only t- like 15 of us are like family and the rest is like chosen family yeah. and friendship and friends that like either they have a place to go or they still chose us over there we're going to like Thanksgiving with their family right yeah um yeah there's no other models what about you um my first that comes to mind are my friends from college um, that was like the first thing that popped in my mind. And I say that because like we experienced a lot mm-hmm. together and our growth journeys have all kind of been at the same, not necessarily, I don't know what if I would say at the same pace or not, but it's like we all like are continuously growing yeah. and, you know, just uh, sharpening each other and like really teaching each other you know um like that's probably like the biggest space i've learned like just vulnerability you know 
and being able That's to right there. <laughs> express myself. And yeah, those were like my first, like my, and I, I wouldn't say my first teachers because for sure my sister was a teacher mm-hmm. in like all kinds of friendship. I, I think now more than ever, I really see her as a friend because like we get along, like we're adults now. We like, that we makes really a difference, doesn't it? Each other. Like being a kid and like having a younger sibling, like, that that relationship, like as a kid, when I think about it now, is like that's toxic. Like always fighting with somebody and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. Like that's crazy. But I think it shaped us to be so close, also as adults. What's your age gap? Um, three years. So my brother, the one I was talking about, we're twelve years apart. Oh wow! And I'm the youngest. I'm yeah. the baby. And we've had full-on adult conversations about like how he used to res- not necessarily resent, but a little envious of me because. I got everything I yeah. wanted. Like, if mom, if my mom couldn't pay for it, I'll call my aunt. Like, yo, auntie, and I'll get it. Yeah. And he didn't have that growing up. And I was always envious of him because, like, they got to travel so much because my his father uh, was in the Navy and, you know, he was a military brat, so he got to travel the world. And I only got to see pictures. And, I, and or when I did travel, like, I was a kid, so I didn't remember that. Yeah. But now that we're adults... You know, there's space. Like, there's space in that. Like, it's funny because, like, I, I'm thinking of a specific event, like, when I was vulnerable enough to tell him my truth. Like, I came out to my brother when I was 31, and I was so afraid. Like, it goes back to, like, that, that, that fear of being abandoned because, you know, that's why I came out so late in life. Um, and some friends and family knew, but, like, the majority of people... Like it was, if you didn't ask, I didn't, I didn't say anything, but I had been dating. I was dating a person and I had thought this person was like a life partner. And so, well, if this is a life partner, then I'm going to have to tell my truth. Yeah. And I told him, and he was like, bro, I don't care who you date. And I knew that, but I was still afraid of losing him. Of course. Yeah. And, and then like, we were always friends, but that's when he became like, like that's when I realized not became because that's when the realization set in that he's like my day one yeah that's what's up yeah mine was kind of the same um I came out to my sister and uh one of my best friends first and he was just so cool about it like he was shocked at first but he was also just like Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is like it ain't no big deal and even today like you know, because we, we talk about it now sometimes, and he's like, "Man, I don't, I don't even think of gay when I think of you. Like, that's not the first thing I think of when I think of you." Which is awesome. <laughs> it is, it is, and it's also how I'm starting to feel, how I carry myself in life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the first thing I think about when I think of myself. Yeah. You know, and at one time it was. At one point in my life, like gay fucking plagued my mind. You know what wow. I mean? Like it more so was, than black. Well, because it's more as a stressor for me. Hmm. Um, no, nah, I've always embraced my blackness, and I, that could be from growing up in the South. That could definitely be from my parents. Like my my parents, and my parents used to have us play like black board games. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nice. with trivia questions yes, and shit. Yes. Like my mom was very much so pro black my entire life, and my daddy was too. Mm-hmm. Um, they both were two people from the hood that made a really dope life for me. Uh-huh. 
brought me in the suburbs. And it's funny how we were talking earlier about, you know, people questioning your blackness. Mm-hmm. You know, I have people question my blackness and shit. But at the same time, I had by far the the most, like, consciously black parents in that <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Like, when I used to get in trouble and shit, my parents used to be at the schools and shit. And I don't know where I'm going with this because I forgot what we was talking about. <laughs> but I just had to get this off because my parents used to be coming to the school because mm-hmm. they knew how these schools treat black kids. My mom used to go to schools for other kids and shit. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I have, I have like, since we understand it, like, I have a shared experience. I was always the kid growing up where if I wasn't going, none of them can go. Like the yeah. friends, right? And then with that being said, like if my mom saw you doing some some fucked up shit, she'll whoop your ass, and she'll call your parents. Like your child was acting up in front of me, and I whoop their ass, yeah. and then they'll get another weapon when they got home, and then I get to like you know, you know the next day you're in school, and they're like, man, I got in trouble because of your mom. Like I always said, if you don't do shit in front of her, you won't get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's your own fault. But what we were talking about, if I'm not mistaken, was... Um, we are talking about uh, the, the gayness and the Yeah, blackness. the gayness, yes. And so the, blackness, yes. the gayness was stressful for me because I knew I was attracted to guys. It was confusing. That, that word, just that word, gay. Yeah. And tying all these things that supposedly embody gay, mm-hmm. that shit fucks with you. Especially when, when you grow up in a place where you don't see no gay people. Or so you think you don't you, see no gay people. Well, that that's the thing. You don't see any openly gay people. Hmm. You don't see openly gay people, so you don't know what it looks like other than TV. And when TV is the only example you have... Especially back then? It doesn't make sense. It's a mind fuck. It's like, well, I'm attracted to him, but on TV they're saying my wrist is going to be limp and I'm going to be just, you know, super... Flamboyant. Yeah. And that's not true, you know? And that's why that bothered me. It mm-hmm. bothered me up until I was 26. I was more, like so conscious of that. And I think that's why I'm so self-aware now. Yeah. Because I was so conscious of that. Like I knew I was black. I came into this world black. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was black before I was even born. Yes. That's how I know I'm black. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But this gay shit, this is like I didn't come in the world saying I like niggas. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about when I came in the world. I probably wasn't even thinking about attraction in that way. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like the, these things build, and it's cool. It's cool that it builds up like that. But like like I was telling you earlier, I want to get to a place where I solely identify as Mike Brown. Yeah. And that's, and yeah, I'm going to always be tied to the blackness. But like these these words that like, what value do they really, like, if I stop saying I'm gay today, mm-hmm. that don't mean I'm going to stop fucking dudes. Very true. That don't mean I'm going to stop dating dudes. I don't mean I'm going to stop loving dudes. Mm-hmm. Men and dudes sound funny. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it's, it's not going to change yeah. anything. So it's like, hmm, that, se- that seems kind of surface to try to identify as something that may not speak to me. It's James Woods, a.k.a. that yoga dude, with Feel Free to Feel Free, with an invitation to be your authentic self. Each and every breath 
builds a closer and deeper relationship with you, the real you. The tattoo wearing, motorcycle riding, yoga doing, quiet, book reading, whoever you are, breathe into it with these next three deep breaths. On the count of three, we start as we relax our shoulders, find comfort in our position, our posture, our seat, our stance. Let go of the belly, the hands, the face. And take a deep breath in. Three, two, one. Breathe in. And breathe out. Softening the face. Deep breath in. softening the chest, slow, long, deep inhale, and let it all go on a body relaxing, authentic exhale, and as always, feel free to feel free, and namaste, peace. But uh, how I'm viewing that is because that's the perception that we're given when we were kids, right? Because of media portrayal, lack of talking about it in, the, in our community in general. Um, I'm trying to see and determine if I have the same view on the word from my own self. I don't know. Because, I mean, before you said it, I never thought of myself as gay first. Like, yeah. I always thought black. Yeah. And then me being who I am, um, I guess it's an adjective to describe me if you really, but it's not really because, like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. But it is something and, I describe myself with. Cause like I, I, and the reason why it's on, the, like, the tip, the forefront, is because, like, I think we were talking about this earlier, like, when we, like for me, it feels like I'm always coming out because... I, um, I might mention in passing, like, I date guys, and then you have to deal with people's reactions. and. But no, you don't. No, you don't. Like, I'm the only person out here telling the truth. Who else is telling the truth? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why, like, now, like, I don't, I don't feel the need to give a gay disclaimer no more. Mm-hmm. I date men. I'm attracted to men. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And... When you deliver it in an authentic way, I don't think people give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you when you start moving just in authenticity, like sometimes you don't even find yourself in those spaces. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Where you in a space where you're gonna be affected by that shit? Because mm-hmm. you know people people try to tell me like, and and I get it, and I probably do that. I have this this privilege of being masculine, but I think when you gay. People don't give a fuck if they don't fuck with you being gay. Exactly. They don't give a fuck if you masculine, feminine, none of that shit. And that's being real. Mm-hmm. Like, if a nigga wanted to disrespect me, they'd disrespect me. But at the same time, I think I just don't move in that fear of that. And, and I also understand, like, I didn't experience that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we all have our own experience. And I, and I think that's 
kind of circling back to everything we've talked about, just even with like, why is it so hard for black men to have like friendships and, and relationships? We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really talk about it. Well, we kind of we kind of mentioned it in the beginning. That's why I was telling the listeners, if they see it differently, then to let me know. Yeah. But I think we lack empathy for each other, especially in the spaces of like the masculine versus the feminine, because like you know, everybody thinks the other had it easier. And it's like, we all had it hard. You know, you had it hard being feminine. I had it hard fucking living in the closet. It's all fucking hard. None of it's Mm -hmm. harder, more or less than the other. That's why we all fucked up. So what are we going to do about it? And it goes to, like, your initial question. Like, we were talking about this a couple days ago. Like, just black gay men have the same pool of people that they can pull for from for friends and dating and then being able to know which is which yeah because like it's unless you're in a like a gay space it's hard enough to like approach a guy like hey i find you attractive and if they're not into you it's cool because it's a gay space. You can continue doing what you're doing. But if it's a like a a straight space, and I'm doing quotation marks for, for a reason, because like 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 you said earlier, like it's, it's a space. No one owns it. Yeah. There can be some some consequences to you saying, "Hey, I find you attractive," and they might just flip the fuck out. Right. Yeah. And we we're still conditioned to to do that. But like as a friend, like we're competing against each other for friendship. And for romantic interest. And then within that, I think what like media plays like holds responsible for men were brought up to be competitive. Yeah. To be always number one at something. And with that, like I find with black men specifically, we're competing against each other. Like some people are like, oh, I have to have the, the best label on, or I have to make the most amount of money, yeah. or I have access to this location, or and, and, like, sometimes it's not about, like, not sometimes, it's not about that. Like, true fellowship, true friendship, like, it's the shared experiences that we have together. Yeah. It's, if you're my friend, you have my back, you're going to pump me up when I'm doing some great shit. Like, dude, your billboard, again. I appreciate that. Fucking and I, great. And, and, I, <laughs> and I, have, I have to say this because it's on my mind, but I am also speaking from the perspective of a 35-year-old gay man because... You know, when I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, hey, I don't experience those things because I don't be in those type of spaces. Mm-hmm. But if I was 25, exactly. you know, it might be a little different from me. So for the younger people, this is me speaking as an older and I guess an elder game. But, Damn, but, but are, are we really old. saying that? Because, no. like, listen, 30 is still young. Yeah, it, it is young. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like I can say I don't be in spaces where people be on shit like that because yeah. – I'm older. I'm not going to, like, people are going to be more mature where mm-hmm. I'm at for the most part, you know. But, yeah, man, like I said, we all got it hard in the in the shortest form. And we're all overcoming traumas that we. Of course. I mean, like, man, I remember watching Aladdin. And, and, and you know, um, what's his name? Jafar. He was a campy gay guy. Yeah. And, and like, how we were kind of villainized like yeah. gay people were villainized back then and 
it's funny because now you get these these people that are arguing saying you're you're putting in too much in our face. It's not that we're just existing, and you're just not realizing that we're the same as you. Yeah, we 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 operate the same way that you do. We move the same way you do. Yeah. Half the time, you don't even know that we're a couple until you see us holding hands. Right, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, it's. I can at least say that I'm happy about that. I feel that. Um, what is? I'm trying to think of how to word this question. What is one way that you think we could bring healing to, like, just the black gay male community? Hmm. (laughs) More than just allowing space is recognizing when someone is hurt. Mm -hmm. Allowing that space to happen for them to voice their, their hurt. But also uplifting them at the same time like yo i know you're hurt you can acknowledge it because a lot of times we don't even acknowledge said hurt and we be fronting putting on this mask because we've been taught to cold switch really well yeah (laughs) acting like everything's all fine and dandy but we're not yeah so that's a way of just allowing space to happen acknowledging that you are hurt and allowing those feelings to be said and then building community like I really appreciate the fact that you're in my community now. Like, and, and I was, I have, so my boss is black and she's a woman and she's straight. And we have these, and this is the first time I've had a black boss in corporate America ever. So this is phenomenal for me. I'm, I'm like geeking out on it. Yeah. We, we have an insider conversations about shit. But like, I was talking to her about like, I was like, yeah, me and the black gays. <laughs> I say that and jokingly, but because I know that she needs to understand like, like, this is my community. Like I finally yeah. have a, 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 a foundation, a support system that we can be candid and be vulnerable and, and for the most part, not feel like we're being judged. Because let's be honest, we're human. We all going to judge someone every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but we allow a lot of time for space just to hang out, talk about music, talk about art, talk about just our experiences. And I don't... At least to me, I don't see that happening a lot with other like groups. Yeah, within the gay black community, like like you can tell like when there's a clique of people, you're like, oh, y'all just competing against each other, calling each other friends. And like, I wonder, oh. is it is it a LA thing? Because like, just because it is such no. a small community, is it an LA thing? No, I felt that when I went to Atlanta. I felt that when I went to New York. Mm. It's just a different uh, the the the, the, the um, presentation of it's a little different i mean the little swagger about it is a little different yeah <laughs> but like but i mean even the straight community it's the same way it's of just course, not yeah, as, as yeah. prevalent and and the thing is like it's probably in every community but you know this but we're this, taught this, to hate more though where, where i'm i'm living so it's like how do we change some of that how do we grow past some of that because it's like man this shit what do you think um man i i think I think everybody needs healing. I think everybody um, needs to heal whatever their past or their journey was in order to, like, really move forward mm-hmm. in life, you know. Because, man, once you start reali- realizing, like, 
almost every experience leads up to your experience because it's like mm-hmm. somebody might have did you something, but they may have had an experience that led them yes. that way, that led them that way. Yes. So it's like all this shit, like you have to heal that shit for yourself because like that shit is never going to change. Understanding. Yeah. Understanding. Acceptance. Have, yeah. Un- understanding acceptance allows for growth and maturity. And I think it actually leads to wisdom because yeah. you you handle yourself a different way in different situations. Like I can think of many scenarios that I've encountered now as a 30-something-year-old, like I said, 37, that in my 20s, I mean, my mouth, I already have a mouth, but, like, you would have got some hands or something. Like, of it course, yeah. Like, I would have reacted completely different. Yeah, same. But same. now I can I can navigate the spaces a little different because I have the understanding and the wisdom to know. Yeah. Like, when to step up and when you have to and when to just fall back and observe. Yeah. I got two more questions for you. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? <laughs> Ooh. So, uh, like, I didn't mention in the beginning, I write poetry as well. And I literally started a poem last night that said, I see you a letter to my younger self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally last night. Oh, wow. Um, and the advice I would give myself, it's like one of the first times I, I said, like, you're seen, stand up and be proud. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, that's crazy. That, like, you can ask that question. That's what's up. Um, what is one piece oh no well, I said one piece of advice what is one lesson or reminder that you want to give your future self what's a reminder you want to give your future self Ooh. a reminder I like to give my future self hmm Oh, man, I don't know how to answer that question right now. I have too many things going in my head. I think it boils down to you're going to get what you deserve. Yeah. You've been working your ass off. You're going to you get what you deserve. Yeah. That's what's up. Man, Dre, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Um, can you let the people know where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Facebook at Kelly. On Instagram, um, tempting base, and if I'm not mistaken, that's also my Twitter handle. Yeah, that's what's up. And tempting um, base is in as in the instrument or the voice because I am a bass, so B A S S. Tempting as in T E M as in Mary P T I N G as in George. <laughs> if you like that, <laughs> that's funny. Man, thank you for coming on the show. Of course, thank y'all for listening. This is Mike Brown. And this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it. Also, leave a comment. Um, leave a rating. Like I said, Spotify just started these ratings. So I would love to see those five stars up there for the show. Also, 
any merch that you would like to purchase is available at justmikebrown.com. That's a great way to support the show. Also, please hit me up on the phone line. Um, send me a question through a DM or however you could get in touch with me. Get in touch with me. I would love to hear from y'all. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. It's the art of letting go. Peace.